are we prepared to receive it? And that's really, you know, if you look at in that story, Luke chapter 5, the only one that was uh, actually received the healing was the man that was born by four. And of course, that one line in the song said, take the roof off your doubt. You know, that roof was a hindrance to him receiving his healing. And so he had to remove that, uh, that hindrance to his healing. And oftentimes there's a hindrance to our healing. The question for us is, you know, what are we going to do about it, right? Uh, are we going to receive the healer that's in the house? Or are we going to walk away like the rich young ruler and not receive the blessings of heaven? Amen. You know, praise God. Um, you know, I was thinking about this verse here over in uh, Mark chapter 11. I, don't, I know we know this verse. It says here in uh, verse 23, Mark 11, 23 says, For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea. And shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. And there's such a strong connection between our faith and our words. Amen. Because your words are the carriers of your faith. Amen. You know, faith is not, uh, d- does not turn into action until it's either, either something happens or something is said. Uh, and the majority of your life will be through things that are said. And you have to be really careful to make sure that what you say lines up with what you believe. Because if what you say is not the same as what you believe, then nothing will happen. And oftentimes we believe that God's our healer, but then we say, but I don't know if he'll heal me. So then your words are not in, in alignment with your, with your faith. Amen. And peop, you know, people say, well, I don't have much faith. Well, you know, are you born again? Are you on your way to heaven? You've got all the faith that you need. And so your words are now in conflict with your faith. Um, and oftentimes faith will be initiated and people will have a spark of faith, uh, but then their words will, will become in conflict with their, with their faith. Uh, I wonder if this will last. I'm not sure if this will last. Uh, I wonder if this is going to come back. Uh, and what you need to do is, is to be really diligent to make sure that your words are always lined up with your faith. Because if they are, then Jesus said, uh, he said uh, that shall believe that those things which you say, but if you believe that those things which you say shall come to pass. So number one, what are you saying? Right? Are you saying the right things? Are you saying that I'm healed? Are you saying that this, whatever it is, has to leave in the name of Jesus? Are you saying that whatever this is has to get better in the name of Jesus? Uh, If that's what you're saying, Jesus said that uh, those things uh, uh, shall not doubt in his heart, but believe those things which you say. So are you believing what you say? See, your believing is not separate from what you say. Your believing is in what you say. So you've said these words. You say these words that are, have the capacity to carry the power of God. But do you, are you hooked up with those words, right? Uh, so you do believe, uh, shall believe that those things which you say shall come to pass. So uh, oftentimes uh, our words are not faith of believing things that shall come to pass. Uh, they are in doubt that they will come to pass. Well, I don't know if it will last, you know. Uh, everybody gets it except for me. Why is everyone healed except for me? I don't know why this isn't working in my life. Uh, and, and, you know, the, the thing that's amazing to me is you take that same person and you put them in their job and they will be the most diligent, hardworking employee. They will work until the very end, until whatever the thing they're done working on is done. You know, they won't just leave halfway through. You know, some people just leave halfway through. They don't care. You know, people like that will never be a people of great faith because they're not of great diligence. But you take a, you know, your average Christian 
who's a good hard worker, they'll be super diligent in their job. They'll, they'll work till the sun uh, goes down. They'll work until the job is done and, and we'll make sure it's done exactly right. But then they get out and with their words and go, yeah, but it doesn't work for me. Uh, and, and that same diligence that they apply in their natural life, they need to apply through their life of faith. Because yeah, the way that I see it, the way that I operate is I will stay diligent until I receive the end of my faith. I'm not going to quit halfway through. Uh, how many times, you know, have we quit and, uh, and not knowing that in the realm of the spirit, that thing which we've been believing for was was five minutes away, was, you know, five seconds away. And we gave it up just at the end, uh, just before it was received. Uh, and uh, you remember in Mark chapter nine, when Jesus was dealing with the epileptic son. Jesus was believing the whole time that he's going to get better. And as he's speaking to his father, the son falls down and starts having an epileptic fit. Jesus never changed. He still was going towards the goal of this is this is going to leave. This is going to end. Uh, and and even though the circumstances changed in the middle of, of his preparing to pray for the son, he never changed. His words never changed. He never said, oh, wow, that's unusual. Wow, I've never seen that one before. Wow, I wonder if God can even take care of this one. Amen. Uh, and so, you know, we, we have to be careful that our words are lined up with our faith so that because it takes them both to get the job done most of the time, right? Your words have to be the carriers of your faith. Uh, and probably in, in, uh, as far as people who don't, uh, are not successful in obtaining the promises of God on a regular basis, uh, oftentimes, probably more often than not, it's their words that are causing them difficulty in receiving that. Uh, it's due to the lack of diligence in their words. Uh, and so uh, the only one who can change it is you, right? I can't change it. You know, I'm, I'm not going to run around and go, well, you know, don't say that. Well, don't say that. Then I become, you know, the confession police. And, you know, that was really bad in the 80s, you know, when, when we were, the church was really just getting uh, a concept down well about how important our confession is. Then everybody else felt like they had to tell everyone else about their confession instead of their own confession. Uh, and, and just deal with your own confession, amen? Because just, just because you tell somebody to correct their confession, you know, if they haven't changed their heart, the Bible says out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So just telling somebody to change their words without changing their heart is not going to help them any, amen? So if you've got the faith, make sure that your words are lined up with it. And so often uh, people will short-circuit their faith uh, by their words and then they don't receive and they go see it, it really doesn't work and and uh, you know that's that's unfortunate that they they operate like that you know uh, but it it doesn't have to be that way uh, Jesus said uh, that what's whatsoever or that whosoever shall say to this mountain so first of all it's available to everybody right uh, whosoever shall say to this mountain be thou removed so who who's doing the speaking you are so, so if you need healing for, the, for your body, who can do the speaking? You can. You know, you don't, you don't have nothing wrong with having a prayer line. We had a prayer line this morning. Nothing wrong with that. But you should always hook up your faith with that. Amen. Never just allow it to stand alone. Who shall ever say to this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea? That's a, that's a direct, specific request. That's not, Lord, if it's your will, remove this mountain. Otherwise, let it stay. That's not, there was no wiggle room. There was only one outcome of this statement that the mountain will be removed if you say lord if it be your will then there's two possible outcomes either it will happen or it won't happen that's not faith faith never has options faith never says well you know 
uh, either get better or if you don't get better, at least, you know, uh, uh, don't hurt so bad. You know, that's two different outcomes. No, faith has a specific uh, desired outcome. This is what's going to happen. And there's no wiggle room. This mountain will be removed. It won't be shortened. It won't be flattened. It won't have a tunnel built through it. It's going to be removed. Amen. Uh, that's, what, that's how you operate faith. You don't say, well, you know, uh, if your body is racked with pain, well, then just my left side is going to be better. Well, that, that's a, a very limited uh, uh, outcome there. This is a very specific outcome. This mountain will be removed. So there's no, there's no questioning about it. There's no ifs about it. There's no, Lord, if it's your will, uh, it's already determined what the will is. Uh, and the will is, this mountain shall be removed and cast into the sea. And shall not doubt in his heart. So, you know, uh, all human beings will have doubt that crosses through their mind. On occasion, they'll have a thought of doubt. And I can't tell you how many times, you know, that over the years as I've, I've lived and walked in faith, especially in the area of healing, that something comes up and the thought will cross my mind. I wonder if it's going to work this time. It's worked a thousand times before this, uh, over, over 40 years, uh, going on 50 years of uh, being a Christian. And it's worked every time with no exception. And the question, the question still wafts through your mind. I wonder if it's going to work this time. That doesn't mean you're in doubt. Just a, a thought is not the same thing a, as uh, in your heart. Amen. Uh, it's when you, when you start believing that doubt. Yeah, I know, you know, uh, there's a good chance it may not work this time. So don't doubt in your heart. So he didn't say don't doubt in your mind. He said don't doubt in your heart. Uh, if, your, if your mind starts doubting, you shut up, mind. The word of God is so. Um, and he said, but shall believe that those things which he said. Do you believe what you say? Do you, when you say it, uh, do you believe those words? You know, there's been times when, when um, I've even said things, and I've even said to the Lord, Lord, I said that, I don't believe a word about it, a word of it. You ever said that, you know? You say, because by law, as a charismatic Christian, you're required to say things of faith. Well, this is going to happen. You go, I don't believe that. I said it, but I don't believe it a bit, you know? Uh, we've, and we've all done that, right? We've all said words because we're required to say the right words, but we don't believe it. Uh, and so... Because uh, he said that those things which you, that you've got to believe that you, that you have, that those things which you say shall come to pass. See, do you believe it? If you don't believe it yet, go back and meditate on the word more. Go back and read the word of God more. Go back and read it again and again and again until you're compelled by your faith to say, to speak. Don't, it's not in the saying that gets the job done. It's in believing what you say will come to pass is what gets the job done. Amen. So you've got to, it requires those two things. You've got to believe and to say, and they have to be in alignment. If they're not in alignment, then, then you won't have what you say. And he said, if you do that, that you believe that those things would come to pass, uh, that, you, that, those things, uh, that you believe that the, those things which you say should come to pass, then you shall have whatsoever you say. Not maybe, not sometimes, not, well, you said it, but, but it wasn't God's will to get it. Well, then that's not what it says. It says, if you believe it and you speak it and you believe that uh, what those things were said will come to pass then you'll have them so it's not that hard this is not a hard prescription right here in fact uh, if you if you count up there it's got the word say or say says three times and believe one time so oftentimes it requires just some amount of diligence to speak on a regular basis about what your faith is going to going to be what you'll have according to your faith and not just, you know, sometimes people are afraid to say it. Uh, well, I don't want, you know, what if I don't get it? 
Well, then I see that's doubt in your heart. Amen. So, but don't, so don't speak yet. Go back to the word. Go back and read it again. Go back and, and say, well, it says right there that if I believe that I have those things which I saith uh, and that they'll come to pass, I'll have whatever I say. Amen. Well, what are you saying? What, what are your words? Amen. So oftentimes our words are not in alignment with our belief. Amen. Uh, and, and that's, you know, and that's a lot of reasons for that. Some of it is just lack of diligence, lack of training. Uh, sometimes we're just really sloppy with our words. Uh, and um, I was telling Chris, uh, I was uh, talking to somebody the other day, and um, I was trying to think of what the context of it was, uh, but, they, but they were saying something about how long the line was or something, and, and I just spoke up and said, oh, I know, it's the worst. Uh, and, and I'm thinking, why did I say that? Yeah, because I don't really believe it. Like, it's the worst thing in the world? I mean, there's surely things worse in the world than a long line, right? Uh, but, you know, it's the worst. Uh, and, you know, and it wasn't even the Lord. It was just my own heart. I said, why'd you say that? I don't know, that's a stupid thing to say. But, you know, sometimes you just kind of say things, you know, because it's really easy because that's what people want. Oh, yeah, you think you got a bad, I got it twice as bad as you do, right? That's what, uh, you know, because people like to waller in self-pity and, and how hard things are. Uh, and, uh, you know, there are other times when people have been doing all that and I'll just say, man, I feel great. You know, and of course, that, that's like throwing a dead cat in the middle of the conversation, you know. They look at you like... <laughs> Uh, and because they don't like it right they start talking about their woes and difficulties you know i feel good man. i feel younger every day you know i feel i feel happy every day you know i feel healthy every day they look at you like you know shut up you know get out of my face um, i want to make sure that the words i speak are, are in alignment with the words that i believe amen uh, and so uh, and if they're not you've got work to do amen and that's a, that's an area that is often the cause of, of people not receiving things in their life. And they'll, they'll do this right here. It's everybody else's fault in the world. It's got nothing to do with me. And yet, all you got to do is get a mirror. Uh, and, and, uh, and then uh, you'll realize it's not, it's not God. It's not, it's not your neighbor. It's not your pastor. It's your words, amen? It's, it's only your words, amen? You have whatsoever you say it. So that, that's, uh, that's a pretty, pretty strong an amazing verse there, right? Of course, some people say, well, that's only spiritual mountains because uh, clearly it says that, right? Does it say, whosoever shall say unto the spiritual mountain? Does it say that? Is it limited to only spiritual mountains? It's not limited to spiritual mountains. It's any mountain, right? Anything that, that's an issue in your life uh, can be spoken to and be removed, amen? Uh, and, of course, in the context of healing school, uh, we're dealing with... Uh, uh, we're dealing with sickness and disease. Um, and uh, like we mentioned this morning, uh, some sickness and disease, uh, Jesus spoke to it directly, right? He rebuked the fever, rebuked it, right? Uh, and so just like you rebuke a child, uh, you can rebuke a fever. How dare you, you know, come upon my life? How dare you? I'm a child of the living God, a, a son of Abraham, a daughter of Abraham. You have no right to be upon me. That's a rebuke, Amen. It's not, well, if you feel like it, you know, would you please leave, you know? Uh, that, that's not rebuking at all, amen? Uh, and so, so we finished up uh, chapter 10 with uh, Dr. Yeoman's book uh, last week, and now we're, um, we're in chapter 11 here. Uh, and um, uh, this chapter is called God Called Abraham Alone. Uh, and so, uh, again, you know, I'm not sure uh, on this particular book... Um, you know, this is a great chapter. I'm not sure what it's got to do with healing, though, right? So, uh, but it's okay, you know. 
so we'll, um, we'll take it. And she, she, does, she does manage to kind of bend it towards healing, uh, but uh, that's okay, right? And so the, the key verse in this particular chapter is from Isaiah 51, verse 2. It says, Look unto Abraham your father and Sarah that bear you, for I called him alone and blessed him and increased him. Uh, and, you know, in faith, the, hope, the whole point of this chapter is that sometimes in faith, you've got you've to do it by yourself. Amen. Uh, and who is there helping Abraham with his faith? There was nobody, right? There was no other Abrahams around at the time. Now, you know, fortunately in our societies, you know, in a, even in our church here, there you can look beside you and somebody around here has faith that can stand with you. Amen. But sometimes, you know, faith is necessary that you have to stand it alone. And you have to be willing to do that. And so Abraham stood alone. God called him alone. He stood alone. Uh, and uh, in fact, for 25 years, it took a long time for Sarah to, to uh, get caught up with Abraham. You know, she was not in faith for many, many years. Now, she did eventually get into faith because it, it says she judged him faithful who'd, who'd given the promise. Amen. By faith, uh, she received uh, the strength to bear a child because she judged him faithful who had made the promise. So how did she judge him faithful? She watched him operate in Abraham's life. She saw when he, when he defeated the kings, when he went and got uh, a lot from uh, Sodom, when um, Melchizedek came to him and he gave him a tithe of all that he had. He saw, she saw Abraham operate by faith. Uh, she saw Abraham uh, walk according to the rules that the Lord said, that, that I, I will bless those that bless you, I will curse those that curse you. She saw all that. She saw his, his income increase. She saw his blessings increase over the years. She saw how Lot was blessed so much because he was part of Abraham's faith that, that, that there was not enough room to contain both of their herds. And so Lot had to separate himself uh, from Abraham. Now, if Lot was smart, you know, we didn't say he was smart. We just said that he was blessed. Uh, but if he was smart, he would have said, I'd rather be uh, with Abraham than have all this stuff. And so he should have sold his, his uh, flocks because what did he leave uh, Sodom and Gomorrah with? Nothing. Nothing. So he lost everything. He left the, the, the man of God that he was with, the man of faith that he was with, and lost everything uh, and, because he's thinking, well, I'd rather have my stuff than Abraham. Well, he had neither Abraham nor his stuff. Uh, he lost them both. Uh, and so he was alone, but he wasn't alone by faith. Abraham stood alone uh, by faith for many years. Uh, Sarah wasn't with him. She should have been, but she wasn't with him. He had to drag her along for, for a long time. And sometimes you've got to drag along somebody with you in faith, right? Uh, and it's like, would you just, you know, you, you ever try to carry something and somebody's not carrying their, their weight, their side of it, you know? Uh, and, and it's like, come on, boys, pick up your end. And so, so Abraham had to stand alone. God called him alone. He had to stand alone. And, you know, sometimes it's necessary. Sometimes it's the only way you're going to receive something is by doing it alone. Amen. Uh, and that's okay. Uh, now we thank God that we can help each other, right? That we can bear one another's burdens. We can assist each other in faith. But there's just some things that you, you're never going to receive until you learn how to receive it on your own. Amen? Uh, and so, so she, she had this long story about, uh, about this wedding dress that her mother had. And, um, uh, you know, the, the, the phrase about this wedding dress that it was apparently some spectacular wedding dress. That the wedding dress was so beautiful that it stood alone. And that's kind of a, an, almost an idiom that we use in the English language that uh, all it means is that there was nothing else like it. 
there, you know, that wedding dress was so amazing, so spectacular. There was nothing else like it. Um, and, uh, and, just, and, and so that's the same thing with Abraham, that his faith was so amazing that there was no other faith like it. Amen. That uh, he, uh, he walked by faith and there was nothing else around him that was doing that. Uh, and so, so uh, uh, she mentioned a couple other verses here in Romans chapter 3. She mentions, even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Christ Jesus unto all and upon all that believe, for there is no difference. Uh, and so, so uh, and then she gets down to, to Mark chapter 10, which we'll look at here in just a minute. Um, but just, you know, I want to encourage you in your, in your walk of faith, you know, it, it is nice to have some help. It is nice for somebody to agree with you, right? We know about the prayer of agreement, right? The prayer of agreement is helpful and valuable. But there's, but uh, of course, we mentioned this verse this morning in Philippians chapter 2, where it says, work out your own salvation in fear and trembling. There's sometimes where you've got to work it out on your own. Uh, and it's not that God is punishing you. It's not that God is against you. It's just there's some things that um, uh, you've got to work it on your own. And, and, you know, for my own life, there's been lots of things over the years that I've just had to work it out on my own, just figure out how to work out this faith, how to work out these words that I'm saying. Uh, and you've got to be willing to do that if everybody is against you. And, and so she gets down to the story. Let's turn over to Mark chapter 10. We are in, in Mark chapter 11. But turn over to Mark chapter 10. And, th- and this is a great story here. It says, And they came uh, to Jericho. Uh, so this is talking about Jesus and his crowd, right? And they came to Jericho. And as he went out of Jericho with his disciples and a great number of people, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the highway side begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. Uh, And many charged him that he should hold his peace. But he cried the more, a great deal, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. And And they called the blind man, saying unto him, Be of good comfort, rise, he calleth thee. And he casteth away his garment, and rose and came to Jesus. And Jesus answered and said unto him, What wilt thou that I should do unto thee? Which I think is an amazing question, right? What's his name? Blind Bartimaeus. What do you think he needs, right? It's kind of like a Captain Obvious question, right? You know, uh, you're missing a leg. How can I help you today? Uh, I would like a cheeseburger. No, that's not what he wants, right? He wants to be able to see. But, you know, what is Jesus doing? He, he's, he's enforcing the need for uh, Bartimaeus to speak his faith, right? What do you want? Uh, and, and so it's helpful. What do you want? Well, just, you know, nothing in particular. Just bless me, you know. You're blind. Don't you want to see? Well, you know, that'd be nice. But, you know, if you can't, you know, maybe you can just give me a sandwich or something, you know. Uh, and so what, what wilt thou that I should do unto thee? The blind man said unto him, Lord, that I might receive my sight. And Jesus said unto him, Go thy way, thy faith has made thee whole. So he had the believing and he had the saying that I might receive my sight. I want to see. That's what I want. So his, his words were not vague. They were not, you know, kind of wishy-washy. They were very specific. Faith is very specific. Amen. Uh, you know, I remember uh, when I first was learning this, I was uh, like a junior in high school. And, and I remember... Kenneth Copeland talking about these things. You know, Kenneth Copeland has ruined more, you know, good Baptist people than anybody in the world, I think. Uh, just got him into faith and, and the, you know, the charismatic movement. But he was talking about how your faith 
needs to be specific, right? And so, you know, uh, I didn't have a car. Uh, it was, uh, uh, I guess it was uh, close to my senior year of high school, and I needed a car. So I'd saved up some money. I had a little bit of money from, from my inheritance, and, uh, and um, I needed a car. So what, what kind of car do you need? I don't know. I mean, you know, I've never owned a car. I remember growing up, uh, my dad would buy all of the kids a car, right? When they turned 16, he'd buy them a car. And he bought, you know, like Billy a car and Anita a car and Sue a car and, and Richard a car and, and Mike a car and Alan a car and Gloria a car. Well, somebody messed up along the way. And he said, I'm not buying anybody else any cars. And I'm like, but you still got Rita, Danny, and David into me. I mean, you, you got to me. I ain't done anything, but I'm not buying any more cars. Uh, and I remember that, the, that a brand new car at that time was like $2,500, right? This is early 70s. Anybody remember cars used to cost that? I was looking at the advertisements for this building when they were selling the Studebakers. And so 1941, you can buy a brand new Studebaker for $690, right? Uh, and it said, it gets great gas mileage according to the customers. You know, there was no EPA at the time, right? You know, it's pretty good. At least they tell us it is. You know, we don't have any idea and we're not going to say it does, right? Uh, and so $690, right? Well, by the 70s, it was $2,500. Now it's $25,000, right, for a new car. Uh, and I'm thinking, I, I'll never have that. I mean, you know, $2,500, it might as well have been a billion dollars. Because the thoughts of me coming up with $2,500 back in the 70s, I thought, there's no way. There's no way. But so now I'm in high school, got saved, and started learning some things about faith. Uh, and he said, your faith needs to be, needs to be specific. So, okay, Lord, then, then uh, uh, I need a car. And I want a car, I want a, uh, I want a manual transmission, I want a sunroof, I want a good radio. You know, that, that's all that really mattered to me. I didn't care anything else about the car, you know. Uh, uh, and so, and that's what I got. You know, my first car was a 1974 Mustang. Uh, and um, <clears throat> it had a German-built engine, manual transmission. Had a sun, now, the sunroof was a crank. Remember, remember crank sunroofs? It was like a crank window. It was like... Rawr, rawr, rawr. But it was a sunroof, right? Uh, the Lord, you know, you didn't say whether you wanted electric or not. So, you know, uh, but uh, that car lasted me all the way through college. In fact, I graduated college and then I was supposed to start my new job. And from the day I graduated college to the start of my new job, the car just died, just gave up the ghost and died. And, and so, but it lasted all the way through college. I was able to go get, a, go get another car after that. Uh, but he said, be very specific. So I just, Lord, here's what I would like. You know, the other things, I mean, I didn't know. I never owned a car, so I didn't know what all things to, to ask for. Now, you know, I want, you know, I want satellite communication. I want, you know, cable TV. I want, you know, uh, a coffee maker and a breakfast bar. You know, now you can, a, lot, a lot of things you can ask for in a car that you didn't even know you could have back then. Uh, and so, but he said very specific. What, uh, what, was, what were the words of, of Bartimaeus? Very specific, right? I want to see. He didn't want a blessing from the Lord. He wanted to see. Amen. Now, you know, he's talking there and it says when he'd heard of Jesus. And so she, she brings out the point that uh, that the thing that uh, um, in fact, the way that she said it, he used what he had to secure what he lacked. So what did he have? He had the ability to hear. Right? He had the ability to speak. Uh, so he used what he had. He used his, his hearing and his saying to secure what he didn't have. Uh, which, which was his sight, right? And so he'd heard of Jesus. Well, how does faith come? Faith comes by hearing, right? Hearing by the word of God. Uh, and so he's, when he heard that it was Jesus, uh, he began to cry out saying, Jesus, the son of David, have mercy on me. 
And, and so it says, so everybody around him hooked up with them. We'll believe with you. Is that what it says? No, they said, be quiet. So, so who's the only one believing for his sight? He is. Nobody else has hooked it up with him. Uh, and, and, you know, this, what's amazing to me, these people that charged him that he should hold his peace, who are they traveling with? They're traveling with Jesus. Did Jesus tell him to tell, to tell Bartimaeus to be quiet? So why are they saying anything? Right? You've got, you've got the senior minister here, the Son of God, right? Jesus of Nazareth, the Messiah. He's with you. Why are you bothering saying anything? Did they say, Jesus, you want us to tell him to be quiet? You want, we'll, we'll get him shut up right now. We'll go duct tape him. You want us to? You, you, want to do, they did, you know they didn't ask Jesus that because he would have said, what's wrong with you? I remember when, when, um, when, when the Samaritans wanted to, uh, they got mad at Jesus because he wouldn't stick around with them. I remember uh, uh, James and John said, Jesus, you want to call down fire from heaven on him? Let's do it. And Jesus like, what's wrong with you? You don't know what spirit you're of. Because you, that's your first go-to? Call down fire from heaven and, and burn them up and explode them just because they wanted me to stay with them longer than I could? <laughs> you know, people are, uh, it's amazing to me, right, how many people get in the way of faith. Uh, and all these people, char- Jesus with them, he, they're traveling with Jesus. They decide to speak on behalf of Jesus. You're bothering Jesus. Was it bothering Jesus? Was it bothering Jesus? They didn't even bother to ask Jesus if he was bothering Jesus. Uh, and so they're speaking for Jesus. And so uh, blind Bar- he's all by himself. Nobody's believing uh, uh, for his healing other than him. In fact, what did Jesus say at the end? Go thy way, thy what? Thy faith has made you whole wasn't the power of God. It was his faith. It released the power of God, but it was his faith that initiated the power of God to move. It was his faith and his words uh, connected with his faith that caused him to receive that, that which he needed, but he was all by himself. There's going to be plenty of times in your life. It's not that it's lonely. It's so lonely. It's not about, it's not about your emotions. Uh, well, I'm so lonely. You know, it's, uh, we need to move past our emotions. You know, don't live by your emotions. Uh, uh, focus on the end of your faith. What is it that you want? What is it that you need in your life? Then speak that very thing. Nothing else, right? You know, uh, uh, I mean, Jesus asked him a question. What do you want me to do? And, you know, he could have said, well, I'm really trying to get on the government subsidy. You know, they've got this new program for blind people and, you know, they'll give you a free cane and a free dog, you know, and I'm really trying to get that, you know. Uh, and if that's, well, okay. If that's, if that's your level of faith, right? I mean, that's right down here. Right? But if that's where your faith is, well, then Jesus would have said, well, then there'll be a cane coming in the mail tomorrow. Right? Have a little white tip on the end of it, right? And you know, little, little, got the little handle and put on your, you know, you do that right there. And it folds up real small and all those things. And, and uh, it'll be a nice cane, right? But that, no, he, he was very specific, right? And so what did he, his faith was big. He wanted, he wanted the best answer, right? Sometimes we settle for way less than the best. Amen. We settle for way less than God desires for us to have. Don't ever settle. You know, one, one phrase that Brother Hagin uh, said a lot, and I've heard other people say it too. I've heard Brother Hagin say it more than anybody else, mostly because I listen to Brother Hagin more than anybody else. But he said, he said, I'd rather believe God for 100% and get half than believe him for nothing, get all of it. You know, a lot of times people believe God for nothing, get everything that they believe in God for. Uh, and, and it's a shame. Amen. And people get so bent out of shape that, you know, we're asking God for too much. And he spoke the entire universe by saying, boo, and bam, it's all here, right? It's all here because he said, let there be light. And how big is the universe? How big is the earth? You know, you know, a million earths can fit into our sun 
Uh, and our sun is just average-sized sun. There's way bigger suns. You know our sun's a star, right? Uh, people are like, that's a star, right? Yeah, it's a star. You mean it's a star? Yeah, it's a star. And, you know, you can get sunburn from the star. You know how far we are from the sun? We're 93 million miles from the sun, and it can still cause us to get sunburned, right? Uh, and so that's a long ways, amen? And look, if the earth was just a, a, a short distance closer to the sun, we'd burn up. If it was a little distance away from the sun, uh, we, we, we would freeze, amen? We're at the exact right distance, right? So 93 million miles, not 92 million miles, not 94 million miles, 93 million miles is the exact right distance. Uh, and the Lord, he created all of that. Uh, and, and, you know, we've got uh, the Voyager 1 spacecraft. I remember Voyager 1 when it was launched back in the 70s. It's like several billion miles away, and we still get messages from it, you know, emails from a Voyager 1, or, or not emails, but radio signals from the Voyager 1 that's billions of miles away from us at the edge of the solar system. In fact, it's, it's, it's technically left the solar system past Pluto there, and, and, you know, who knows what it's going to find out there. It may come back, you know, with the little green men or something, but, um, but it's been traveling at tens of thousands of miles an hour since the 70s. Uh, and that's how big just our solar system is. But traveling that fast since the 70s, and, and it's just barely out of our solar system. Not in our galaxy, right? There, there's millions of, of, of stars just in, our one, in the Milky Way galaxy. Trillions of stars. They don't even know how many of the stars there are because they can't count them all uh, in, in, the, in the universe. Uh, and people are concerned that, well, I don't want to ask God for too much. You know, just, I mean, how, you, you go look at how big one tree is, right? Uh, anybody ever been out to the uh, Sequoia National Park out in California, right? The redwoods and Sequoia. They're huge, right? I mean, one tree trunk is this, this, um, this stage has got a diameter of about, uh, a radius of about 14 feet. So it's a diameter of about 28 feet. There's trees bigger than this stage. If you tried to put a tree trunk in this stage, it wouldn't fit in this stage. Uh, uh, that's how big some of those trees are. And one tree, right? And it's 5,000 years old. They're like, well, I don't want to bother the Lord, you know. Uh, and one tree, you think if you had, if you needed wood, if you, if you burned wood, you know, for, for heat or, or cooking or whatever, one tree would last you a lifetime. One tree, your whole life, easily. Uh, and, and we're concerned about asking God for too much. And it's such, it's such poverty mentality, such low thinking, amen? We need to think big. Uh, could, what does Ephesians 3.20, that he, now unto him is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask or think? Exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask or think. All that we can ask or think. Amen? Because, you know, sitting around, Bartimaeus is thinking, you know, man, it sure would be nice to see. You know, what do you, think, what do you think he thought about on a regular basis? Sure would be nice to see. He wasn't thinking about, you know, I wonder, I wonder how the stock market is doing today. Or, you know, I wonder how my retirement's doing. And, and he's thinking about, well, it sure would be nice to see. I've been here because he heard of Jesus, right? He, uh, uh, what did Jesus say in, in Luke 4.18? That the Spirit of the Lord is upon me to, to heal the sick, right? To give sight to the blind. He said that, yeah. Well, I, I want in on that, right? Uh, and, of course, you know, he said lots of other things to heal the brokenhearted. Well, I'm not brokenhearted, right? I'm not lame, right? Uh, I'm not deaf, but I am blind. Uh, and, and so what did he want? He wanted... He wanted the very thing that he wanted the most. Amen. Uh, and who, who was hooking up with him? Yeah, only Jesus. Anybody else? None of the people were hooking up with him, right? He stood alone. Uh, and so sometimes, you know, uh, even though how many people were there? A lot of people. It says there's a crowd, right? There's a whole bunch of them with him, right? Uh, and many 
So, so it wasn't even one, right? Verse 48, many charged him that he should hold his peace. Uh, and how many people are against faith? How many people in the church are against faith? You can't just have what you say. Uh, Jesus literally said you can have, I mean, he literally said those words, you can have what you say. He said those exact words, you can have what you say, right? Whatsoever you believe, uh, you shall have what you say, right? Uh, I didn't write it, you know, but why, why? The thing that's odd to me is people who say that are intelligent human beings, right? You know, they don't, they don't stand out in the rain and go, wow, I'm getting wet, what should I do? You know, they're smart, right? They would, if it starts raining, they go, you know, we should go inside. Uh, if they're hungry, you know, they, you know what they're going to do? They're going to go eat. These are intelligent human beings. If they're tired, they're going to lay down and go to sleep. They're, these are not people like, wow, somebody should do something, right? Uh, somebody should go to sleep. Oh, it should be me, right? They're not that dumb. But then, you know, they got these, this Bible here that's been here for 2,000 years, right? Uh, we've had this Bible in, in complete, really, for of about 1,900, 1,800 years, right? Been complete, decided on how many books were in there from the New Testament. The whole New Testament was completed at the end of the first century. Then by the end of the second or third century, they kind of settled on these are the books that we're going to put in the Bible. So we've had it available to us, and the English translation started showing up around the 1400s, really the 1500s in, in earnest. And then uh, finally the, uh, the King James happened in 1611, and it just became popular because King James banned everyone, every other Bible, right? You know, there was a Geneva Bible that was real popular before the King James Bible. They're both English translations, and very similar. They were both really based upon a lot of what William Tyndale had written in the New Testament prior to that. The New, Old Testament had been around for thousands of years, you know, been complete for thousands of years. Uh, and so they pretty much knew what the Old Testament looked like. So... These words have been here for thousands of years. And people still stumble upon They stumble over them. They have a hard time with that. And it's the oddest thing to me. Uh, it's so odd to me that intelligent human beings, that every Christian in the world isn't a faith-healing, tongue-talking, believing Christian. It's, it's odd to me. It's, it's just strange. It's like these things have been written for us for, for a long time. Amen? Uh, now, in fact, uh, you were telling me about something that someone was saying about they were, they were among other, there was one group of people who was among other like charismatic kind of people. And the charismatic people were kind of excited about the song, so they're kind of hooping and hollering and dancing a little bit, you know. And, and, and the wet rag leaned over to someone and said, we don't do that. Well, why not? You don't raise your hand to the Lord? You don't shout for joy? You don't dance in the Holy Ghost? Well, we don't do that. Well, why not? Yeah. Wet rag, right? You know, just put a wet blanket on everything and well, what do you do? Well, we, don't, we just don't do that, you know. Uh, and so, do it all. Do all the above. Amen? Uh, and so, uh, so, oftentimes, there are going to be many that will charge you to hold your peace. You can't say, you can't say that, right? I always thought, you know, uh, I need to send Jared back to some other places there because he had great stories, right? Some of his uh, professors would tell him, you can't just believe whatever you want. That's, in fact, didn't they say that was selfish? Uh, 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 yeah, uh, uh, they said it, it's basically it's selfish to, to be like that, uh, to just believe whatever you, whatever you want. That's just, it's such a, it's such a lame excuse, right? Uh, it's the same thing where, where someone told me that as a church we should never go on mission trips. Well, why not? Because it's expensive. But that, that doesn't make any sense. Jesus had gone to all the world unless, you know, the price of gas is too much. And then just stay at home and I'll let you, I'll let you go, right? I'll, I'll let you off my requirement to tell the... Sorry, they're going to die and go to hell, but, you know, gas is expensive. 
right? So, you know, uh, it's just too bad, right? Because, I mean, uh, it's either, either spending a lot of money on gas or, or, or ensuring somebody's eternal destination. Well, let me think about it and I'll get back to you, right? Uh, all right so you're not worth five, uh, $5 of gas, you know? Uh, does it come with a free oil change? No, no, sorry, you're not, you know. Uh, and so, but the, oftentimes many will, so, you know, what you'll find in this whole crowd, there's only two believing people, Bartimaeus and Jesus. That's it. Uh, sometimes you'll be the only person, in a, you're in a crowd, nobody else is in faith besides you. Uh, and, you know, I've observed just in my own life, you know, in times and seasons, depending on who you're around, you know, you're around, you know, a lot of times I'm around other Christians, but, you know, a lot of times the other Christians are not believing Christians, right? They're, I mean, they're, they're on their way to heaven, Christians, so that's great. But between now and then, it's just hang on the best you can and, and you know, someday it'll be okay. Uh, but between now and then, it's probably not. Uh, and uh, to me, it's, it's, it's wearying to be around Christians like that over a long period of time. You know, I try to help them, but it's just, uh, it, it's just, uh, it's tiresome to be around Christians who just won't believe. Uh, because they're just, just like this, uh, this man right here, blind Bartimaeus, he's all by himself. Nobody's believing God with him. Uh, and so they charged him that he should hold his peace. But what did he do? He cried the more, a great deal. Thou son of David, have mercy on me. You know, that, that's, that's the correct response. When people say, you can't believe God for that. Oh, yeah, I'm going to believe God for double, twice that much, a hundred times that much. How dare you? You know, if you believe God for a hundred times more than what you're believing God for right now, it's still not going to equal one tree. You know, if you believe God for all that you, you had need of, it would still, you, know, you put everything you've ever owned in your whole lifetime. It's not going to fit in one tree. One of these trees, are just, you know, uh, they used to have a tree that you could drive through. Anybody remember that? We drove through it before it got, you know, some storm came through and, and, and blew it off. But we drove through that tree. It's like, wow, we could drive through a tree. That's, pretty, that's a pretty big tree, right? Uh, and so, you know, your faith is not going to overcome even that just for what you need. Amen? Now, if you've got a big enough life and things, you know, maybe it would. Uh, but for the most part, the things that we believe in this whole life, it, it may not even fill up one tree. You think the Lord's concerned about it? So when people say you be quiet, you know, a good response is, is to do with this man, to cry the more, a great deal. So it wasn't just the more, it was a great deal. So it doesn't matter if you're alone. It doesn't matter that Abraham was alone. All that we have is because of Abraham. He's the father of faith. The Bible calls him the father of faith. Amen. He's the fa father of many nations, but he's also the father of our faith. He was the first one uh, that God was able to find. And we've talked a lot about this over, over the years, right? Uh, so from, a from Adam to Abraham was 20 generations. So uh, you think the Lord just wasn't, wasn't looking for an Abraham? He just was, you know, sitting around, you know what we should do? Let's go talk to Abraham. You want to? I don't think it was that way at all. You know, you know I mean, you can argue the case whether it's that way or not. We don't have any proof either way. So, you know, what you will do is we'll find out when we get to heaven that I was right. But, um, but I know that, uh, uh, that he talked to every generation. Hey, uh, would you be my Abraham? I need, I need someone to believe. Uh, would, would you do that? I oh, I'm a little busy right now. Okay, fine. He had to wait for them to die off and go to, hey, what about you? I got a great deal for you. It's a great covenant. I'll do all the work. All you got to do is say yes. Really? Yeah. No, I don't think so. Uh, and so what do you do? Another generation. Another generation. Gen uh, what's it? Uh, 20 generations. That's a long time. That, that's hundreds of years, really thousands of years from, because from, they lived to be old back then, right? You know, it wasn't like today that they all die off early. 
These people lived to be 500, 600 years old, right? Especially early on, they were living 1,000 years, right? Methuselah lived to be 969 years. So, you know, that's a long time for the Lord to wait. Anybody here in this generation want to believe me for it? What time? I'm, I'm busy, Lord, you know. The show starts in just five minutes. I can't do that, you know. Uh, and so, you know, even the Lord had to stand alone for him by himself for a long time. But he finally found an Abraham. And then look, out of the whole earth, he was still the only one. You know, he was 75 years old when the Lord approached him. And, and, and he said, yeah, I'll do that. It took him another 25 years to get his life lined up just right to be qualified to receive the, the manifestation of his promise because it took 25 years to get Sarah hooked up with the faith, right? And so sometimes, you know, even though you're standing alone, uh, you may not be able to receive because of somebody else's faith if, if that thing is involving somebody else. And it kind of did, right? To have a child, it always takes two people, doesn't it, Right. Doesn't matter what they say in today's society, it always takes two people and always takes one man and one woman. Nothing in between, right? And you know, there's only one man and one woman. There's nothing in between, right? Well, I believe, you know, I identify as a as a porpoise, you know. That's fine. You're not a porpoise, right? Oh, I think I am. You're not a porpoise, right? Uh, and so people just they're just dumb. I mean, you know, it's like, how stupid can we be? You know, it's like sometimes it's like, really? I mean, you're just this is dumb, you know, and I'm not mad at nobody, I don't want to, you know, I'm not trying to judge anybody, just except for your stupidity, but it's really dumb, you identify as what, no, you get a mirror, right, and, and so, uh, it just, you wonder about people, I mean, the sanity, the insanity of our world right now, it's just like it's on fire insane, just, just, what in the world, you know, I think there's 27 genders, you know, it's like, did you not skip, uh, did you not pass your biology class in high school? There's literally, can only, from a, there's no way you can have more than two genders, right? Uh, from a DNA perspective, there's literally only two genders. Anyway, that's, a, that's another whole, you know, sometimes you feel like you're standing alone in a sea of stupidity in, in all of these things. Uh, but, but the Lord found, and even when he found Abraham, there's still nobody else. Nobody else. After a, a, a hundred years, uh, uh, Abraham is still standing by himself. Amen. Are you willing to stand by yourself? Are you willing to believe God regardless? If, if many charge you to be quiet, hold your peace, how dare you believe God for things? You, you're just so selfish. What do you mean selfish? If I believe God for things, then, how, then, then what can I do with those things? I can help people with those things. Amen. Well, you just want it for yourself. Well, who else would I want it for? You know, I mean, it's okay to want things for yourself. Amen. Well, you know, because there's people say that they like living in a nice house. You know, it doesn't have to be the biggest house in the world, but, you know, it's a nice house. You know, you got, a, you got rats climbing up your walls. No, well, aren't you selfish, right? You're so selfish, you know, living in a rat-free house. Uh, no, they, they all want the same things you want. They just don't want to say it out loud, amen? Uh, and so, and it's not about dying with the most toys. It's being able to help the world, amen, and help the people around you. Uh, and so... Uh, so are you willing to, in spite of the many people that are around you, uh, now, the thing is, these were not the heathens, right? These were not even the Pharisees. These are the people traveling with Jesus, with the Son of God, with the Son of David, traveling with Jesus, who should have known more about faith than anybody else, telling blind Bartimaeus to be quiet, speaking on the behalf of Jesus without even asking him, and I'm sure Jesus gave the eternal eye roll, right? There they go again, speaking for me. Did I tell them, you know? Uh, and, you know, and Jesus was always gracious. He, he, he didn't go up to blind bar. They didn't, they didn't, I didn't tell him to say that, you know. He, he didn't feel like he had to uh, uh, defend himself at all in that.
But you know, Jesus didn't, didn't, uh, didn't tell him to tell him to be quiet. But the thing that I love, uh, I mean, this whole story uh, hinges on verse 49. Because uh, blind Bartimaeus spoke and Jesus kept on moving. The people told him to be quiet and he, and he doubled up on it. He cried the more a great deal. And as a response of that, because uh, he said, Thou son of David, have mercy on me. You know, the, the nice thing about mercy, crying out for the mercy of God, is that covers everything. You know, because uh, if, if it had been uh, Jesus, you know, uh, give me what I need because I'm such a good person, like the, like the Pharisee in Luke 18, right? Lord, I thank you that I pay all my tithes and I'm so good and I'm not like terrible people. And he pointed to the other guy, not like this other guy over here. I'm way better than him. You know, what would have happened? Jesus would have just kept on going. I just kept on going. Now, in fact, I remember a story uh, where Brother Hagin was, was praying for people in a prayer line one time. Uh, and and uh, uh, there's one, this one woman in the church, she never could get healed. Uh, you know, everybody else in the church was getting healed. She never could get healed. And everybody's like, why well, can't? She's like the saint. She's like the hardest worker in this church. You know, she, she just can't get healed. He's like, well, well, why? So he's going down praying for people. And so she's praying. Uh, instead of hooking up with him, she's praying for herself. And, and she's praying. And he hears it. She, uh, she, she's praying. She said, Lord, I work harder than everybody else in this church. I do more for this church than anyone else does. I give more than anyone else in this church. You know, I deserve to be healed. Uh, is that what uh, blind Bartimaeus said? He's like, I'm a mess, Lord. I need mercy. See, mercy just covers everything. Mercy's like, okay, mercy will overlook because mercy smiles in the face of judgment. Yeah, I know you're a mess, but you ask for mercy, so you just clean slate, you know, whatever you want, right? Uh, and, and really, that should be our, our, our heart's attitude, right? It's not that, that we've got to go live in sin. It's just that, Lord, I'm undeserving of your blessings. By your mercy you've given to him, by your grace, unmerited favor, you give me these blessings. You should never act like... like like you've earned it. Lord, I'm such a good person. Lord, look, look, Lord, I haven't, I haven't cussed like in an hour. You know, I haven't hurt somebody in like days, right? I'm so good. Yeah. And, and you, you owe me now. And, and the Lord will yawn at that and will continue on. Blind Bartimaeus, we don't know anything he's done in his life. Uh, but just to cover his tracks, Lord, have mercy on me. Now, see, people of faith, we don't have to cry out for mercy because we understand how faith operates, right? But... Uh, he's still a, a statement of faith because Jesus said, your faith has made you whole. Amen? And so so he, just, uh, he just covered the whole, the whole thing right here, just in case we'll cover it all. Lord, uh, have mercy on me. And the response was, Jesus stood still. You know, Jesus stopped at the words of Bartimaeus. The words of Bartimaeus caused Jesus to stop in his tracks. Uh, you know, when you speak words of faith, because Jesus said, your faith has made you whole. When you speak words of faith, Jesus will stop and will listen. And we're not, we're not uh, you know, just making this up. This is what happened here. Uh, Bartimaeus spoke words of faith and Jesus stopped. Because before that, you know, the first time he spoke, Jesus was still moving. But when, when Jesus saw, uh, just, you know, this is really similar to the story of the Syrophoenician woman. Remember, she came to him, worshipped him, said, Lord, help me. He didn't even answer her. Just basically kept on going. Didn't even answer her. And said, Thou son of David, have mercy on me. He said, It's not meat for me to, uh, to cast you know, uh, bread to the dogs. Um, and uh, what did she do? She kept on. Lord, even the, even the dogs eat the crumbs from the master's table. 
And so what did she do? She pressed in, right? She pressed in. Nobody else was around her. In fact, the same story there, right? Same story. Uh, they said, be quiet. Be quiet. Uh, Lord, you want us to tell her to get rid of you know, th- this woman here, right? In fact, that's uh, just, uh, I think it'd be good just to read that in context there. In Matthew 15, let's go back there. Uh, and it says in verse 21, Did Jesus went thence and departed in the coast of Tyre and Sidon. Behold, the woman of Canaan came out of the same coast and cried unto him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. That sounds exactly what blind Bartimaeus said. I mean, almost to the exact same words, right? Son of David, have mercy on me. Uh, now, now, she's not even... Now, the difference with Bartimaeus was a Jew. She's not a Jew, right? She, she is from... Uh, she's a uh, Syrophoenician woman, right? And so she's not, she's not a Jew. She's not of the covenant of Israel. Uh, and so... But he answered her not a word. See, he didn't change directions. Uh, she's talking. He didn't even stop. Then he answered her word. And his disciples came and besought him, saying, Send her away, for she cried after us. Are they crying? Is she crying after them? She didn't even acknowledge they existed. And these puffed up people, oh, she's bothering us, Jesus. She didn't say anything to them at all. She's not even talking to them. And then they come to Jesus, and what did they say? They didn't say, do you want us to send her away? What did they say? Jesus, you send her away. Now, what are they doing? They're bossing Jesus. You know, the thing that, you know, I read after in Jesus' ministry a lot, just kind of see how he operated. He rarely pulled the, I'm the Messiah card. Shut up, and I'm the boss. Because it's obvious he didn't pull this card here often because they came to him, and, and not only were they were bothered by her, she's crying after us. It's bothering me. You ever known people that just get bothered by the, the, the least little things? Just bothered by everything, you know? It's too loud. It's too hot. It's too cold. It's too, you know, whatever, you know? I always call it a princess pea. I remember the princess and the pea uh, story, right? It's a, it's a fairy tale, but... They're trying to decide if this girl's a princess, right? Uh, and, and so, uh, so, so uh, the story w- is they, they put up a whole stack of mattresses, like 50 mattresses or whatever, and they put a P right below the bottom mattress. And, and, and they let her go to sleep on this big stack of mattresses, and they, they ask her the next day, how'd you sleep? I couldn't sleep at all. This bed was too lumpy because one P, like 20 mattresses below. Well, so this, obviously she's a princess, right? Uh, because, I mean, she's so touchy, right? This little thing, she can't even sleep. Yeah, and, and that's the way a lot of people are, just little, this little thing. She's bothered me, right? She's crying after us. She's not crying after them at all. And they'll just make up stuff. Well, it's still, it's still, it's still annoying. It's bothering me. And, and you ever seen people just get bothered by people who need help? It, it's really, you know, it's really, you know, and I've seen ministers a lot of times. They just, you know, they're too good for people. Too good for the riffraff. Too good for the commoners. You know, too good for people who just... You mean you eat a cheeseburger? Yeah, I mean, you ever had a, yeah, you ever had a good cheeseburger, you know? But I mean, they, they look at you like you're just so common, right? And so common. Now, this is Jesus. He walked on streets of gold in the glory and presence of the Lord. Did this woman bother her, bother him? Didn't bother him a bit. She said the exact same words that blind Bartimaeus said. Who was helping her? Nobody. She's all by herself, right? Uh, and, and they come to Jesus and boss him. Now, before, they just, well, last time we tried it, he didn't even do it, so we're going to go tell Bartimaeus to shut up. You know, we tried to get Jesus to tell the woman to shut up. He wouldn't even listen to us at the end at all, so we're just going to do it on ourselves. That's what, so that's what they decided when they get the blind Bartimaeus. Uh, well, Jesus ain't going to send him away. We'll send him away on our own. So he didn't answer a word, and, and uh, uh, he finally said, I am not sent but the lost sheep of the house of Israel. 
and she came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. So she's like uh, Bartimaeus. Uh, doesn't matter what anybody says. She's got a goal. Faith always has a goal in mind. Her goal was to get her daughter help. Doesn't matter if anybody agrees with her or not. She's going to get help for her daughter. And she sees when she just like she'd heard of Jesus. She heard this man has the answer. And, and I'm going to get the answer. Amen. And so uh, it says he answered her and said, it is not meat to take the children's bread and catch the dogs. And she said, truth, Lord. She's going to argue with him. Yeah, call me. One. I don't care. You can call me, you know, my uh, monkey's uncle. I don't care. You can call me anything you want to. It doesn't matter. I, I need an answer. I need the answer. Uh, and so uh, she said, truth, Lord, yet the dogs eat from the crumbs which fall from the master's table. And Jesus answered and said to her, O woman, great is your faith. Be it unto thee, even as thou wilt. And her daughter was made whole from that very hour. Great is your faith. Why? She stuck with it. She was alone. Nobody was helping her. Blind Bartimaeus was alone. Nobody was helping him. In fact, the whole crowd, the crowd with Jesus, right? The people are supposed to be with Jesus. It's the oddest thing to me that this is the Son of God. All he is is an, is an expression of the love of the Father, an expression of the mercy of God everywhere he went, and that people were still uh, so selfish about people around them, people who needed help, people who desired the, uh, the blessings of God. Uh, these, these, all these wannabes were just in the way between uh, the person who needed help and the blessings of God. Just people in the way. You ever known people just always in the way? Oh, you can't believe God for that. What's wrong with you? You're being selfish. God doesn't want you to be blessed. You're just, you just want these things. And then they'll, then they'll do things like this morning, uh, telling you about the, the person who uh, mentioned a minister, uh, a well-known minister. They're a false prophet. So they'll, they'll double up on you. And they'll start calling you names and start persecuting you. And you're not doing anything except trying to help people. And, you know, you agree with this person or not agree with this person. Not, it's not got nothing to do with that. It's just they just pick this, you know, how dare you believe God for things, right? And they'll say, you don't need a house that big. You don't need a car that big. You don't need a suit that nice. You know who they sound like? All these other rabble rousers, right? They don't sound like Jesus. They don't sound like the, sound like the Syrophoenician woman. They don't sound like Bar blind Bartimaeus. They sound like the people who are always in the way of faith. And there's always going to be people in the way of faith. And sometimes you may be the only one in faith around you. And are you willing to believe God? Are you willing to say, yes, he's going to heal me. Yes, he's my healer. Yes, he's my physician. Yes, I will get healed. Yes, I will live a long life uh, free from sickness and disease. Well, you're the only one. A thousand shall fall at my side. Ten thousand in my right hand. It'll not come nigh me. You know that uh, Psalm 91, he's the only one. Looking around over there, thousand people that way. Look over this way. Actually, this way first, right? Because I was left. Ten thousand in my right hand. Ten thousand this way. You know, that's more than the entire population of Dayton. Everybody in Dayton could be against you. It's still not going to come near me. Everybody in Dayton could get it. It doesn't matter. It ain't coming near me. It's not coming. I, I may be the only one. I may stand alone. Abraham stood alone. Bartimaeus stood alone. The Syrophoenician woman stood alone. Nobody helped him. The very people who should have helped him said, you're bothering us. The very people, not the Pharisees or the, or the Sadducees or the Herodians or the, uh, the people who hated Jesus. The people who were with Jesus. The very people who should have helped him the most helped them the least, in fact, got in the way. And if, it had, if they had had their way, neither one would have received the blessings of heaven. Uh, and and that's, that's a shame, right? If they'd had what they wanted, the Syrophoenician woman's daughter would have died of sickness and, the, and Bartimaeus would have gone to his grave blind. And that would have made them happy. 
people of faith, just, oh yeah, yeah, see, told you, faith doesn't work. It's because you're in the way, right? Get out of the way and let faith, let, let faith happen, amen? So sometimes you've got to cry the more, amen? Sometimes you've got to double up. I will get my help. God will be my provider. He will provide healing. I will receive healing of my body. Don't let the devil, because, you know, sometimes the devil is these other people, right? The devil will speak to you and go, you're bothering Jesus. You're asking for too much. You know, that, that, that whole mindset, they're so foreign to me that I, I'm asking too much. Of the great creator, of the one who said he, he wants to help me more than anything, that everything has been created for my benefit, you mean that one right there who spoke things into existence, who raised the dead, healed the sick, cleansed the leper? You mean that one, right? who said light be and every star turned on. Uh, trillions and trillions of stars uh, were dark one second and, and lit up the universe the next second. Uh, you're talking about that God doesn't want to help me with this little toe ache or, or this major sickness and disease. That God, right? Who is my father? Who sent his own son? God so loved the whole world that he sent his own son. He loved me enough to, to allow his child to die. You know, I wouldn't allow my child to die for you. Are you kidding See you in heaven, right? I mean, you ain't taking my child, right? And even me, you want me to die for you? Pfft, I'm just going to duck. Uh, and, and uh, you know, I mean, I'm not your, I'm not your substitute, right? Uh, and so if you ain't going to make it, you know, well, see you in heaven, right? I'm, I'm going to be fine, right? And so now if the Lord told me to do it, fine. But if he didn't tell me, I'm ducking, right? Uh, you know, I'll take a bullet for you. I ain't taking no bullet for nobody. And so that's not my job. Jesus took that for me, right? He's my substitute. I'm not your substitute. That's not my job in this life, Amen. Uh, and so uh, you may be on your own in that one, right? And so, well, you know, Abraham was on his own, so you need to be on your own too, right? Uh, so, uh, but that's okay. Sometimes you'll have to be on your own. Sometimes you'll be the only one speaking to the mountain. Sometimes you're the only one uh, uh, that will stay the course of faith. And, and if everybody, in, in, in both of these cases, with, with, uh, well, with Abraham too, right? Sarah was not on his side to begin with. Oh, you know, I ain't going to have no child. Oh, you were laughing. I wasn't laughing. Oh, you were laughing. You remember that story, right? I wasn't laughing. You were laughing. I wasn't, I wasn't laughing. Oh, you were. Uh, and, and so, you know, Abraham was by himself. Uh, Lot left him, right? Left him by himself. Uh, and, and then uh, the Syrophoenician woman, all these people around Jesus should have been helping her. She was by herself. Blind Bartimaeus, all these people with Jesus. He had to do it by himself. That's just the deal, right? Sometimes that's the deal. And, well, it's just so sad. It doesn't matter. It's not sad. It's not sad or glad. It's nothing. It's, it's just the deal, right? Sometimes that's the deal. Uh, but can you do it on yourself? They did it on their... You know, you know how much word we've got compared to blind Bartimaeus? How much Bible we've got compared to blind Bartimaeus? How much covenant we have compared to the Syrophoenician woman? We come from a legacy of covenant. She, didn't even, she wasn't even of the household of Israel. Had no rights and privileges of a covenant relationship. We are children of the Most High God. He said, ought not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, ought to be healed from this sickness? Right? She, she, her, her value of receiving uh, healing was because of her relationship with God. She is a daughter of Abraham. Well, that's great. I'm a, da- I'm a, I'm a daughter. I'm a, I'm a son of God. I'm not the son of Abraham. I'm a son of God. I've got upgraded, right? Uh, she was a daughter of Abraham, which is, you know, one step removed. I'm a child of God. How much more should I have received than, than she should? I'm a child of God. I, you know, God wants, wants to bless me. And if I have to stand alone in that, I will. Amen. I don't. You know, fortunately, all you here are standing with me. I, I know. 
But there are times and seasons in your life when you look around. Nobody helping me. Well, don't get sad. Just remind yourself, well, lots of people have stood alone in the Bible and got everything they wanted. Abraham was a father of many nations, right? Blind Barnabas walked away seeing. Syrophoenician woman, her daughter was healed from that very hour. They got all at the end of their faith. Right? They spoke it. This is what's going to happen. Uh, that I might, uh, might receive my sight. That my daughter would be well. I'll be the father of many nations. What's your name? I'm Abraham, the father of many nations. Long before he was the father of many nations. What's your name? I'm Abraham. Before that, he was Abram, which is an exalted father. And God changed his name. And so he changed his name so that every time Abraham would speak, he'd have to speak words of faith. I am the father of many nations. That's what his, word, what his name meant, right? And he never, he never shied from it. What's your name? It's not important. What's your name? I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm Mr., you know, they didn't have last names, I don't guess, you know, but I'm Mr. Smith, right? Uh, Abraham Smith. Uh, no, he's Abraham. I am the father of many nations. Uh, and so, uh, and he did it, standing alone, he did it. Uh, the Syrophoenician woman stood alone, got it. Uh, blind Bartimaeus stood alone, got it, amen. Uh, and so there's only three questions, and you want to answer the three questions in, in this chapter? Uh, I, you know, we didn't even talk about this at all, but uh, uh, question number one says, the garment that Jesus will give us is the garment of what? I don't know what's that got to do with anything that we preach today, but, uh, you know, it's still a good statement, right? Uh, it says, if we lack something, what should we use to secure it? Whatever we have, right? Blind Bartimaeus, he couldn't see, but he could hear and he could speak. So whatever it takes, right? Uh, the woman, the Syrophoenician woman, was not a member of the covenant house of Israel, but she used her faith to get in, to get in good anyway. Uh, and so in the midst of oppos- opposition, what should we do? Cry the more a great deal. That's like doubling it up, right? Uh, cry the more a great deal. And, th- you know, that, that's really, for me, that's really the key of this verse. Cry the more a great deal. When people are in opposition to you and say, you know, you shouldn't believe God for such big things. Oh yeah, I'm going to double up tomorrow. I'm going to ask him for 10 times that tomorrow. Don't let him cause you to, to shrink out, shrink down in faith. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to believe God for so much, you know. Don't ever do that. I believe God for more. Because you're obviously not using your portion, so I'll just get my portion and your portion, right? Uh, and so, cry the more a great deal. Amen? Uh, and so let's pray and thank the Lord for his word today. So, Father, we thank you for your word. And, Father, if it's declared in your word, then it will be declared in our words. That if, you're, if your word declares that you're our physician, then I will declare with my words that you are my physician. Father, I will connect my words with your words. Father, I will connect my words with my faith. And, and Lord, if everybody else is against it, if the whole world is against it, if the whole church is against it, I will stand alone and declare that you are my physician. Father, I am the healed of God. I will live a life free from sickness and disease by my faith. Not by my good works, not by my earning it, Father. I will live in faith, Father, and, and declare the works of, of heaven, Father. Lord, we thank you for that. We give you praise and honor for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, praise God. You know, the, the nice thing, let's get ready to receive this afternoon's offering. You know, I remember early on as a Christian, uh, understanding a little bit about faith, and, and I came to the understanding of faith that, because uh, it says, therefore, it is a faith that it might be by grace. And I realized that, you know, it, the Lord made it by faith because all of us can have faith. If he made it by works, well, then, um, you know, if, if the works were, can you type 100 words a minute, then blind Bartimaeus is like, I got nothing. 
if it's by who can type the most, uh, it's just too bad. It's tough for me, right? You know, uh, if it was the, the man at the gate beautiful that uh, hadn't, hadn't walked since, his, since uh, been lame from his mother's womb, who could run the fastest? Uh, too bad for me, right? Now, see, blind Bartimaeus could have run until he hit a tree or something because, you know, at least he could run. You know, uh, he couldn't know where he's going, but, you know, he could at least run a little bit, right? Uh, so he had a shot, but uh, not the man of the gate beautiful. So it, it wasn't by works. It's by faith, equal playing ground. All of us have the same level of faith, right? All of us have the same opportunity to believe God, amen? It's not you're, you're better at this than I am. It's of faith, so that it's all equal, amen? Uh, and and that's, what, that's what I love about the Lord. It's, it's not about intelligence or education or background or name or location or anything. Can you believe God? And then it's all equal for all of us. Amen. We'll come ahead, Mr. Jerry, and receive the offering. And uh, we got the preaching a little bit today, didn't we? So that's all right. Um, standing alone. I, I knew we could pull something out of that chapter, you know. And so... <laughs> There is something there, so, uh, but um, we'll keep on, amen? And so uh, we'll pick up, actually, we won't pick up chapter 12 next week because Brother Randy will be with us next Sunday, and so we're looking forward to seeing him, amen? Uh, and uh, the Lord's healed him many times. You know, he had, uh, I guess it was prostate cancer a few years ago, and he said that, that all went fine, but then he had an infection, a blood clot. He said that was way worse uh, than the cancer that he had dealt with before that. Uh, but he's recovered fully from that, and, and the Lord is good. Amen. Uh, and so uh, we'll be blessed. Have a wonderful week, Lord, and uh, we'll see you next Sunday.